we're just going to hop straight in to guests. We'll get back to the intro later, right? We're going to do this a little differently. We're going to start with interviews. Princeton girls soccer coach David Gray and Wheaton Academy freshman Eva DeSosa and senior Amy Alexander after Monday, June 14th, Class 1A Mendota Super Sectional. We went and checked it out. And for Wheaton Academy, it was a great game. Maybe not so much for Princeton, but Princeton had a fantastic season. Just ran into a buzzsaw with Wheaton Academy. I'm going to call them Wah, the fans in Mendota that were from, you know, Wheaton Academy, which is West Chicago, screaming Wah the whole time. Let's go Wah, Wah, get in it. So I like that. It was kind of cool. Wah, obviously the W for Wheaton, the A for Academy. We got Wah. It was, it was cool. It was cool. But David Gray, Tigresses, great season. I know I just said that, but fantastic. They got to a super sectional, won the first sectional for Princeton since 2012, and the first of David Gray's career. He talks about that in this interview. So let's get to him. Kevin Hieronymus joined me to speak with David Gray. He's been with the Bureau County Republican for over 30 years He's been on the show. He is a friend of the Edge of Your Seat podcast. He's at Princeton Everything. So, of course, he was going to be at this game. Let's get to it. We're going to start with David Gray and then the Sosa and then Alexander. And then we'll get into our intro. Let's listen to some talk about the Class 1A Mendota Super Sectional between Princeton and Wheaton Academy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's been a great ride. Always got to come to an end, right? Yeah. There's only there's only one team that doesn't feel this way at the end of the season. So. And as we talked, you said teams keep getting better every time you go. Yeah. So yeah. you guys knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were real good. Obviously, um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, I think I probably talked them up a little too much. We played probably too timid in the first half, and that's probably on me more than anybody else. Um, and then at halftime, we talked about you know what, just come out and play, you know. And I, I think the second half was better. Um, but this is what it is, I guess, you know. You've got to talk about the keeper. I mean, she, even though it was 5-0, had some huge stops, especially in the second half. Yeah, I think we... <laughs> I think we counted. She had 28 saves or something, and, yeah, she kept us. She kept the match um, close, so it was competitive for, for a good long time. And, um, she's a great keeper. I'm glad we get her for another year. So. What did they do well that they kept the ball in their field? Throughout the game, they were really solid on ball control. Yeah, I mean they're a very technical team. I mean, every one of their girls could uh, could control the ball at their feet. Uh, their first touch and second touch was solid. Um, their movement off the ball was good, so they were in the support for each other. I think part of the first half was us just sitting back in too far. I think we just played too too timid in the first half to give us a chance. And again, I I think that's on me as a coach. I think I I kind of made a the things I was saying made us play a little tight. Learn that lesson, hopefully, for next next time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Offensively, you guys got a couple of shots, especially in the second half again, but probably not as many as you wanted. No, we. I mean, we knew we knew that we were only going to have. I mean, we're going to have a limited amount of chances. Um, and when you when you're playing a game like that, you got to bury those those few you get. And um, we got close, but. Again, I think there's a couple moments, you know, right before they think they scored their fourth goal, we had a breakaway. Uh, I think if we bury that um, and it's three to one at that point, then then maybe there's um, there's something in it for us. But we didn't get that one, and then just a few, 
25. Um, it's a solid record. Um, this was the only single A school we lost to, so all the other four losses were from two A schools. So, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot our girls should be proud of, um, and they just they grew so much. You know, our improvement from the beginning of the season to now has been incredible. So, uh, I couldn't be prouder of a group of people I've been associated with. So, well, Savannah just said that I'd asked her beginning of the year, got this far, she said no. I think we grew so much that we became we were a different team at the end of the year. Um, but certainly, if you would ask me if this is the team that's going to win um, the first sectional since 2012 or and the, my first sectional as a coach, I would have told you you're crazy. <laughs> um, but so many girls just improved so much. And, that's all you can ask for as a coach. All right, out here in Mendota, super sectional class 1A girls soccer, Wheaton Academy with the 5-0 win. Congratulations. I'm here with Eva. I'm going to let you say the last name because it's crazy. De Souza. De Souza. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. De Souza. I kind of like that. Thank you. It's like almost mafia. Almost. Yeah? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Talk about today's game. I mean, 5-0 against a really talented Princeton team. You guys mm-hmm. put in the work, though. Yes, we did. They were speedy and like they liked to pass to each other. Your passing was awesome. It seemed like you guys were everywhere and you guys always had an open teammate to get the ball to. Just talk about that and you know the preparation coming into this. Uh, well, the biggest thing we kept telling each other was um, to move off the ball. Like our movement off the ball was really important because um, we say this thing like the run dictates the pass. So you can't just pass it and expect someone to get there. Like the runner needs to move when they don't have the ball to create space and they need to demand where they want it. And so coming in, we were just kept saying that to each other, and I think it really paid off. Definitely. What's this mean for you guys to go to state? We're so excited because right at the beginning of the season, um, our coaches told us, you get to write your story. And we were like, we want to go to state. So like, to actually be this close is like really exciting, and um, we're really happy with the story we're writing. Amy Alexander with Wheaton. I mean, you guys played a great game out there. Talk about the passing and the goals striking. You guys were on it the entire time. Yeah, um, one of our goals was just really to keep possession, keep moving it from side to side, and get the fields a little bit smaller than what we're used to. So the big balls we're kind of used to sending weren't really working. So it was gl- we were glad to just kind of readjust and look for more give and goes, possession style, and I think we kind of improved on that. So, yeah. Perfect. And it looked like Anytime the ball was hit, whether it was you guys or Princeton, you guys were there, like always in the way. Yeah. How does that happen on the soccer field? I mean, it's a big area, even if yeah. it's a smaller field. Yeah, it actually kind of came from, and uh, we weren't great actually in the air at the beginning of the season. So during practice, we actually had our coaches just punt balls at us. And that became one of um, the things we really focused on, every single ball in the air to make sure it was ours. That just kind of made that just habit of doing over and over again kind of just made us who we are. So for the end of the season, we've just really focused in on balls in the air and just winning the aerial game. Definitely. I mean, we can't talk about this game without mentioning a hat trick. <laughs> is that your first hat trick in the postseason? Um, yes, in the postseason. Yeah. How many in the season? Uh, this is my third on the season. Third on the season? Yeah. So you're used to putting the ball in the goal. <laughs> Definitely. Um, my depth perception has gotten a little better for quarterbacks. I used First year, I'm like corner kicks, getting the ball in the air, so it's kind of fun. Definitely. What's that mean to you to, you know, three goals in this game to help you guys go to state? That's got to be huge for you. Yeah. Um, just really our team as like a senior class, we've really just been pushing to go to state since kind of day one. That's been our goal. So it's really great to just get a step closer and closer each time. So it feels really good. And yeah, I don't know, just 
giving us that little cushion of space with goals definitely helps just take pressure off the back line and it just helps us just calm down while playing so glad to do it perfect well thank you for having thank a word you. with us a little bit more about that game for Princeton. The goalkeeper, David Gray, and I was talking about is Maya Garten. She's a junior, so like he said, he gets her another year, one more season with the Tigresses. And the shots that were taken by the Tigresses, most of them were from sophomore Mariah Hobson. She's got a monster foot and super fast. Princeton kept trying to go past the Wheaton Academy defense for Maya to get one-on-ones. And she got a couple. She did get two or three and just wasn't able to put it in the back of the net. For Wheaton Academy, Alexander, who you just heard from, had the hat trick against Princeton. DeSosa also scored a goal, and so did junior Jocelyn Royce. So with DeSosa and Royce back, about 75% of Wheaton Academy's roster are junior sophomores and freshmen so they're going to be a top tier team once again next season in the state series wheaton academy lost to belleville's altoff catholic in the state semifinals so a final four team but lost 3-0 to altoff catholic but then wheaton academy bounced back and defeated Quincy Notre Dame 6-1 in the third place game. So Wheaton Academy finishing third in Class 1A in girls soccer. Congratulations to them. Congratulations once again to Princeton Tigresses. 11-5 on the season. Sectional championship. Making it to the super sectional. Well, now it's time to officially get into the intro. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. We are on episode 179 our guest today is Colton Quagliano from Anawan Weathersfield. He goes to Weathersfield in Kiwani, part of the co-op, and he's a monster part of the co-op. Basketball, all state teams for the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association and Associated Press. Football, all state nod. Baseball, which we spoke to him kind of like the very beginning of the season. You know, it was quick, so they were probably like, Uh, Seven to eight games in. They ended up winning a sectional and fell in a super sectional. I'm pretty sure he's going to be an All-State team member for baseball as well. He just does everything. And if that isn't enough, he's also a popular guy as he was the homecoming king in April. So just does everything. Very humble. Very kind. Give shout outs to the whole interview that we had with him. Just a great kid. And I can't see anything but awesomeness in his future. So big props to him joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and sharing everything with us. This has been a super crazy week. Personally doing lots of stuff last Sunday at a Cubs game. Then, oh my gosh, I mean, there was a fire in Mendota, Illinois. Smoke everywhere in Rockton, where my family is from and live. There was, looked like a nuclear fire, like an atomic bomb because something had started on fire and explosions everywhere. Whew, just crazy. Then in Peru, there was a suspected abduction, which became just a domestic issue. Not just an, a domestic issue, but it was a domestic issue. Found the person in Peoria. Man, just a crazy, insane week all around. Hopefully you are safe. You are well. COVID-19 is still around, but kind of going away. I was just in a restaurant for Father's Day. I'm not a father. 
didn't go with the father, but you know what? We're going to take advantage of the Father's Day buffet at a local restaurant. Shout out to Cindy's and shout out to all the fathers around the world doing their thing, leaving their impact on their kids and other kids to be you know, productive members of society, successful in whatever they want to do. Mad, mad, mad props to all the fathers. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But while I was at Cindy's, there was like no mask whatsoever. I think I saw one. The sign says, hey, if you're fully vaccinated, you know, you're good to go. I don't know how many people are fully vaccinated that don't have a mask, but we're at that point in time in COVID-19. Everybody's sick of it. Everybody's ready to move on. Let's distance, you know, as much as possible, but let's be normal again. And you see that everywhere, not just at restaurants. People are not staying away from people the way they were before, at least not many. There's a couple, you know, that still feel that that's important. And it's kind of crazy. There was a kid on our soccer team, coached six and seven-year-olds, youth soccer. On Saturday, we had a game and nobody was wearing masks and neither was this kid. But for the very beginning of it, he put his hand over his face to mask himself because let's face it, that's all he knows. He's six years old. <laughs> For the last year and a half of his life, he's had to wear a mask every single day in school, wherever he's at, except home. So I got it, but I was like, man, this is the culture. This is what, where we're at. This is where we're at. A kid is masking his mouth because he doesn't have a cloth mask over it. It was crazy to see, seeing more and more things like that every day but we're getting to a normalcy of some sort. Hopefully we can continue to do that a little more. Let's hit the plugs. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Social media, hit us up on Facebook, edge of your seat podcast and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you want to critique me or a guest or anything you want to talk about, send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Well, lots has happened in IHSA postseason since we spoke last, which was Tuesday, today being Sunday, Father's Day, June 20th. So we got to jump right into it. But we couldn't do it without the help of Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Let's start with baseball. State series is wrapped up. We left off on super sectionals last time we spoke. Class 1A, Newark defeated Newman 5-3 to advance the state. Congrats to Newark on that. Definitely big props to Newark. Newark got to state and lost the semifinal game to Glenn Carbon's father, McGivney, 5-1. However, they didn't end the season non-victorious as they took the third place game against Mount Pulaski, 6-2. Newark, the number three team in Class 1A in baseball. Huge props. Also in Class 1A, Colton Quagliano and his Anawan Wethersfield Titans were alive as they got into the super sectionals, but they fell to Mount Pulaski again, which went on and was defeated by Newark in the third place game. But in the super sectional, Anwan Wethersfield fell to Mount Pulaski 11-1.
Class 1A state champion is South Central, which is in Fairna. They defeated Father McGivney 4-2, repping the Class 1A state championship. In Class 2A, Marquette, which we had on the show after defeating Hall Red Devils in the regional final, the Crusaders fell to normal community 9-2 in the super sectional. The state champ for 2A is Freeburg as they defeated Elmhurst Timothy Christian 12-0. In 3A, Geneseo fell in a super sectional to Washington 7-2. The state championship in 3A is Springfield with an 8-7 victory over Prairie Ridge, which is in Crystal Lake. I know I already said mad shout-outs, mad props, but Newark, in one Weathersfield, Marquette, Geneseo, great seasons. No, you didn't get the state championship, but hold your head up high. As far as you went, is still really, really awesome and definitely deserves a pat on the back. Staying on the field, but moving over to softball. Class 1A super sectional. Marquette got there, but fell to Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond 1-0. In the state championship, Illini Bluffs defeated St. Anthony, which is an Effingham 3-2. In Class 2A, our last remaining team out of the 47 high schools that Edge of Your Seat podcast pays attention to, Oregon fell in a sectional final 3-0 to Riverdale. In the Class 2A state championship, Rock Ridge, who a lot of people should be familiar with, they do play Three River Conference teams, St. Bede, Hall, they've been around before. They're here, run into them kind of often. They defeated Joliet Catholic 4-0 for the championship. In Class 3A, Sterling beat Antioch 2-0 in the Super to make it to state. Congratulations to the Golden Warriors Final Four team in Class 3A. However, in the state semifinal, they fell to Highland 8-1. But they weren't done. They wanted another victory. And they beat Ridgewood 5-3 in the third place game to be the number three team in Class 3A. I know this doesn't make it any better, but Highland, who beat Sterling in the state semifinal, did go on to win the state championship with a 1-0 final over Lamont. Class 4A, Chicago Maris with a 3-1 state championship victory over Lincoln Way Central. Congratulations to Sterling, Oregon, Marquette, doing their thing all season. Great, great seasons. Golden Warriors wrapping up with a third place finish. Amazing. Let's get back to some girls soccer. Obviously kicking it off with Princeton and Wheaton Academy in the very, very beginning of the show. Althoff Catholic, which defeated Wheaton Academy in the semifinal, went on to win the state championship with a 7-0 victory over Elmhurst Timothy Christian. In Class 2A, Troy Triad won the state championship, defeating Joliet Catholic 1-0. Also a 1-0 final was in the 3A state championship with O'Fallon defeating LaGrange. Congratulations to all those teams doing their thing, girls soccer. Track, boys track, had its state finals Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Congratulations already to everybody that was in this. This is one of my favorite events to cover ever. It's a lot of fun. 
the athleticism, the competition level, skills, everything is off the map. So already, big shout out to everybody that competed and all of the people we're paying attention to and what they were able to do, not just at the state meet, but all throughout the season to get to where they got. In class 1A, 54 teams had some kind of score, whether it was one point or 51 points. There were 54 teams that qualified for a score, which that is crazy. 54 teams were on the scoreboard. The top team was Elgin's Harvest Christian Academy. Indian Creek was in a three-way tie for 19th place with Williamsville and Riverdale with 13 points. Let's see who medaled and who won state championships. For the 100, no local entries. Kankakee McNamara freshman Tony Phillips, the state champ, with a run of 10.87 seconds. And the 200, Phillips won again, another victory, 22.31 seconds. Two medals for the freshman. He's only getting started. Watch out. Indian Creek's junior, Colton Olson was 16th in the 200 with 23.37 seconds. In the 400, Newark senior Steve Martin was 19th with a 52.49 second run. The champ was Jamison Clover, a senior from Watseka, 49.89 seconds. In the 800, Marquette senior Lucas Hoffman was 23rd with a run of 2 minutes, 4.24 seconds. Bismarck Henning Jr. Ellie Manure was the champ with 1 minute, 57.33 seconds. In the 1600, we had our first medalist in Fieldcrest Jr. Mason Stoger with a 4 minute, 27.35 second run. The champ, Elgin Harvest Christians, Matthew Olch, he's a senior, won with 4 minutes, 21.59 seconds. Brock Loftus was our best finisher in the 3200 with a 26th place finish, 10 minutes, 46.71 seconds. The junior from Amboy showing out for sure. He's got another year to do even better. The champ in the 3200 was senior Justin Mumford from Trenton with 9 minutes, 18.26 seconds. The 110 hurdles. Seneca Jr. Given Siegel was 15th with 16.32 seconds. The champ was Jaden Robertson, a junior from Cowden, with 14.68. 300 hurdles. Byron Sr. Leo Adami was 12th with a time of 42.07 seconds. The champ was Sr. Isaiah Chapman from Gibson City Melvin Sibley with 39.11 second run. The 400 relay, Seneca was 11th, came in at 44.41 seconds behind Koyla Cato, Chase and Trey Hawk, and Ryan McCulley. The champ was Chicago Hope in 43.19 seconds. The 800 relay, coming in 14th, Seneca, 1 minute, 33.65 seconds was given Siegel, Chase and Trey Hawk, and Ryan McCulley. The 800 champ was Salt Fork, 1 minute, 31 seconds. The 1600 relay, Seneca, once again the best finisher out of the 47 schools we cover. Billy Glasscock, Trey Hawk, Wilson Wildman, 
Carson Collette. They came in at 3 minutes, 40.33 seconds. The champ was Niles Northridge Prep, 3 minutes, 25.50. 3,200 relay. Newman came in at 13th. Jacob Donald, Thomas Powers, Noah Welty, and Lucas Simpson came in at 8 minutes, 40.05 seconds. Niles Northridge Prep took that relay as well. The shot put, Oregon junior Daniel Dominguez finished 18th with a 45 feet, 1 inch throw. The champ was Cowden junior Daniel Lucas with 54 feet, 9.8 inches. Dominguez not throwing the shot the way he wanted to, but the disc earned him a medal as he finished 7th, 143 feet, 1 inch. The champ was sophomore Garrett Taylor from Salt Fork. 166 feet, 1 inch. The high jump saw another medalist as Cam Russell, a senior from Indian Creek, 6 feet, 4 inches. The champ was Cowden Jr. Jaden Robertson was 6 feet, 5 inches. Cam Russell also medaled in the triple jump as he finished third with 43 feet, 9.6 inches behind the champ, Waverly Senior Will Ross, 46 feet, 7.5 inches. In the pole vault, Seneca senior Carson Collett was ninth, earning a medal 12 feet, 6.9 inches. The champ was Bloomington Cornerstone Christian Academy's junior, Ridge Willard, who vaulted 15 feet. In the long jump, the best finisher was 11th place in one Wethersfield senior, Kanan Bond, 20 feet, 7 inches, just missing the top nine to earn a medal. The champ was Winteca North Shore senior Sam Rosick, 22 feet, 1 inch. Two-way Mascuda won the championship 51 points. We had quite a few teams in the top 30. Sandwich was sixth with 34.5 points. Sycamore was ninth with 25 points. Dixon was 11th with 23 I'm throwing Carbondale in the mix just because I was down there for a long time at SIU. Loved the school. Still know the superintendent pretty well. And everybody that's down there, Carbondale finished 13th with 21 points. Princeton took 30th with 9.33 points. Medalists and champions. And there was tons of medalists in the area. In the 100 and 200 Sandwich senior Michael Mars finished third in both events. In the 100, he ran a 10.95 second for third. And in the 200, 22.18 seconds for third. Princeton junior Keegan Fogarty also medaled in the 200 as he finished ninth in 22.67 seconds. In the 400, Kiwani senior Melkin DeJesus finished fifth in 49.47 seconds. Winning a state championship, Dixon senior Brock Drengenberg ran a 1 minute 54.69 second run in the 800 to be champ. The king got the biggest, best medal, the tallest spot on the podium. In the 1600, Dixon senior Caden Grafton finished second, 4 minutes 17.4 seconds. Dragonberg, just a little bit behind him, finished sixth, earning another medal, 
4 minutes, 24.29 seconds. In the 3200, Geneseo senior William Plumley finished 14th with a run of 10 minutes, 39.76 seconds. The 110 hurdles and the 300 hurdles saw Sycamore senior Tyler Carter finish 5th in both events. And the 110 hurdles had a time of 14.78 seconds and he had a 39.25 second run in the 300 hurdles. 400 relay had another medalist as Sycamore took 5th in a time of 42.99 seconds with Jeffrey Oakstriker, Noah Schmidt, Alec Garcia, and Bailey Wigman. The 800 relay saw Princeton take home a medal behind Logan Glancy, Ethan Thompson, Drew Harp, and Keegan Fogarty, 1 minute 30.98 seconds. 1600, Sycamore top finisher, unfortunately finished 14th, did not earn a medal behind Alec Garcia, Caden Emmert, Carson Campbell, and Donald Grammer's time of 3 minutes, 32.16 seconds. However, finishing 14th did not sit well. They get to the 3200, and the Sycamore team wins. Donald Grammer, Carson Campbell, Nicholas Kocher, and Caden Emmert win a state championship with a time of 8 minutes, 7.67 seconds. Shot put. With a ninth place, just squeaking in there for a medal, Dixon Jr. Dre Jackson, 47 feet, 8 inches. In the disc, Grant Foes, senior from Princeton, he finished fourth with a heave of 156 feet. Foes also threw the shot put, finishing with a 45 foot, 8 inch toss for 14th place. The high jump saw two medalists, Sandwich senior Jaden McCluskey Green finished seventh with a six foot two inch leap. Princeton sophomore Tegan Davis took ninth with a jump of six feet 0.6 inches. He did end in a three way tie. Have to give Tegan Davis some more props. The top six finishers in the high jump were seniors, and seven out of the top eight were seniors. So there's one leaper in the top eight. That wasn't a senior. That's going to make a lot of room for Tegan Davis moving forward. The pole vault. Geneseo Jr. Malachi Shad finished second with 16 feet. He was not alone being from Geneseo. He was not alone being a Shad. He wasn't alone meddling as freshman Cooper Shad finished ninth with 13 feet 9 inches. In the long jump. Sandwich senior Jaden McCluskey Green took second, 22 feet 7 inches. He then backs it up in the triple jump with a state championship. Could not leave without a championship, and he does not. The senior, 47 feet 8 inches in the triple jump. Asia Cooper, a senior from Cole City, wouldn't let him be the only one from the area taking home a medal in the triple jump with a fourth place finish of 43 feet, eight inches. In 3A, the lone DeKalb medalist, junior Tariano Tate took home the fifth place medal with a jump of 22 feet, four inches. That is the IHSA postseason breakdown. Lots of things going on. Just about wrapping up. Baseball's done. Softball's done. Soccer's done. Girls track is done. Boys track is done. 
Whew. We still got one more, and that is wrestling. Over this past weekend, they had sectionals, and they're going to have state next weekend. We're going to break down the sectional on the next show, and we will have representatives, just like we're going to have representatives as guests of baseball, softball, track, soccer, everything. We are going to have guests all throughout the summer talking about everything that was awesome about this shortened COVID-19 affected season, postseason, so much to talk about, but so much awesomeness at the same time. We got medals, we got state, we got super sectionals and sectional champs and regional champs and everybody came out ready to play, was tired of not being able to play and did their thing. This has been a show of mad props from Edge of Your Seat Podcast to everybody and we got to do it one more time because it was just awesome, miraculous, fantastic, fabulous. All those amazing big words that mean the best of the best of the best towards every athlete that did their thing this, would call it spring, but it was pretty much summer. Didn't know if they were going to have a season. They get one, they get a postseason, and they shined. Very, very happy, very glad to be a part of it and talk to everybody that we can. This segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a miserable 2020 in every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to make 2021 as amazing as it can with style, comfort, and great deals. There are many options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website, www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford, located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranek, will use their expertise and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. Take it from me, I had an amazing car shopping experience with Mendota Shimmer Ford. Got a car from them in November 2017 Chevy Malibu. It was not on their lot. Obviously, it's Mendota Shimmer Ford. Got it from another lot. They took the time to know what I wanted. I showed them. It was on the website. They found it for me. They tuned it up, made it look awesome, made it run awesome. And I got the car that I wanted, and I love it every single day that I step into it. Mendota Shimmer Ford also deserves a huge shout out. And if you go see them for your car, for your dream car, for what you want to be seen rolling around town, any town across America, I'm sure they're going to treat you the same and do everything they can to make you happy with the vehicle you're driving. Do a little preview of the upcoming shows. Already said we're going to break down the wrestling sectional and final, which is not Illinois High School Association. It is being ran by the Illinois Wrestling Coaches and Officials Association. So props to them for making wrestling sectional and finals happen when IHSA was not going to. Guess we have upcoming. One's already done and in the books. Princeton football's coach Ryan Pearson. Now graduated players and quarterback Tyler Gibson and running back linebacker Rondé Wurls 
who is set to go play football for Northern Illinois University just around the corner. He may already be in college workouts and doing that stuff now, which I believe he is. Big shout out to the Tigers, and we're going to have them on the show. Princeton football got held on to just a tad as we had vacations and things going on in life and all that good stuff, but does not take away from the awesomeness. Pretty timely chat, and we talk about everything football and move on. Worlds even talks about track because they were already in it and ready, ready, ready to tear it up. He was a member of the Princeton 400 relay, which qualified for state. So he was at state doing his thing. Also a Princeton alum and Jake Reinhardt, college baseball senior, tore it up and then moves on to play to see if some scouts will see him keeping the baseball dream alive. He talks about it all. Also have LP softball representatives, Randy Hubie, the coach, and senior Alexia Michael, right fielder, who did a lot for the team, including on the plate. You put the ball over the plate where she could hit it, and it was a goner. It was a run or a triple or a double or whatever she could get out of it. She did it up. In the works for many, 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 many more guests, the list of who we want to talk to is very long, very, very long, and we will get as many people as we can because that's what we love to do at Edge of Your Seat Podcast and share their stories with you, keep you entertained. Also, things going on the show, getting back into Bring It Back, where we break down albums, currently going through the Rolling Stone Magazine Top 500 Albums of All Time list. We are at 475 with Sheryl Crow's 1996 self-titled album, Sheryl Crow. Also want to break down some movies. I've been in the movie theaters. I've been watching all kinds of stuff on Netflix. Got to get into the movies. Lots of things that are awesome. Got to talk about. And of course, the NBA postseason. We're almost to the finals. Today, in a couple hours, we'll have Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinal matchup between Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks. Last night was Game 7 of Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. And if you didn't watch that, you robbed yourself of amazingness. Whew! I don't even know if I could get into it anymore. I mean, of course we could. It's a podcast. That's what we do here. Kevin Durant, ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous. It's the end of regulation. Hits what shoulda, coulda, woulda wanted to be a three. His toes were on the line, so it's a two. Ties the game 109-109, go into overtime. And the Bucks just made the plays that they needed to. It looked kind of scrappy like the Nets were going to take it. They got a two-point lead and held on to it for like two minutes as the Bucks couldn't get anything going on. And then the Bucks did what they do, made some big shots, stopped Durant and the Nets, and ended it. Whew. Man, that was a crazy game. A lot of fun to watch. Hopefully you watched it. Tonight is also game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers. That's going to be a great series. We'll break it down even more as we go on with our episodes of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. But let's do predictions right now. I don't think it matters who wins the Sixers-Hawks game. In the Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee Bucks take it in five. It doesn't matter if it's 76ers or Atlanta. I really don't think it does. Suns Clippers, I don't really care who wins. I like them both. I like Kawhi Leonard. 
I am a big Paul George fan, even though he's getting hated on for not having the best postseason of his life. But then he comes through when he needs to because he's an NBA player and a very, very gifted one. Not mad at Paul George for the things he does. Not at all. But Phoenix Suns are just deep. Chris Paul, if he can get off the you know COVID-19 protocol, is leading this team like a veteran does. Devin Booker is shining like an up-and-coming superstar does. DeAndre Ayton is playing like a polished big guy when it's his like second or third year. Believe second. This team is a lot of fun to watch. Since I'm, I got to make picks, right? That's what we do. You got to make picks. I'm going to go Suns. I'm going to go Suns. I'm going to say Suns, Bucks, NBA championship. And I'm even going to pick the Suns because I want to see Chris Paul get one before he retires. I hadn't made any picks. Wasn't even going to make picks until right now. I'm going Suns for it all. They beat the Clips. Then they beat the Bucks. That's what I'm going with. Yep, yep, yep. Well, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Great show. As always, this one with Colton Quagliano from Anawan Weathersfield. Thank you for listening. As always, the love, the support, right back to you. Keep tuning in. Keep listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast for all your local sports, national sports, movies, music, everything that's going on. As high school sports wind down, we'll get into more of everything else. But, you know, we got to shine Put the spotlight on these kids as they're doing their thing. Because like COVID-19's taught us, you never know when it's going to be taken away. Until next time. Peace. It's lunch hour. Taking a little break from the bank life. But hey, I will do an interview for this podcast, a conversation, anytime, any day, anywhere. Especially when I got a talent, a awesome athlete like I do right now. I am talking about Anawan Weathersfield, basketball player, football player, baseball player, Colton Quagliano. How is it going, Colton? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing great. Did I say your name wrong? I mean, it's one of those names you look at it like Quagliano, Quigliano. How do you say it, my man? Yeah, uh, so it's, a, it's supposed to be said Quagliano, but I've been called Quigliano, Quagliano. I've been called it all, so it's, it's originally from Italy when my family came over from Italy to the U.S., and it's really pronounced Quagliano. You don't even say the G, but uh, Quagliano is how everyone pronounces it, but whatever way you say it is fine with me. Gotcha. When I look at your name, Colton Quagliano, I think boxer. Like, I think prize fighter automatically. You put on the gloves, try to fight people? <laughs> uh, that's funny that you say that, because... You know, growing up, me and my dad, we would always watch uh, Rocky movies, my, my family and I. And uh, I'd always put socks around my knuckles and go around punching walls thinking that I'm the real Italian stallion and that I was just a big old knucklehead and would, would try to beat everyone up. So, yeah. What's your dad's name? My dad's name is Christopher Quagliano. We have to give Christopher a shout out because the first Rocky movie came out like 1975-76. You're a senior in high school and to have Rocky play a part in your life like that, that's a big shout out to your dad right there. That's mad props. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Which is your favorite Rocky movie? Man, I've been asked this question so many times. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with Rocky 2 when he refights Apollo and gets his actual victory and not his whatever you call it focus call from the 
officials or whatever, and the fans thought he won. That's a good pick. I always go with four. I mean, the Russian. You got the crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drago. Got to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That was my favorite as a kid. I still watch those regularly. Anytime somebody asks me what my favorite sports movie is, I go Rocky. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. That's, that's my favorite without a doubt. Perfect, perfect. Let's talk some Anawan Weathersfield sports. So you're a student at Weathersfield in Kiwani, correct? That is correct. All right, we'll start off with the beginning of the year. You did not do anything in the fall, correct? That is correct. You waited for the basketball season, and it seemed like it was going to be a crazy long wait, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to let you play next week. And it was kind of like, hey, all right, we get to play. Shortened season, it was condensed because of COVID-19, but you got to play, and you had a stellar season. Yeah. (laughs) Funny to say that, you know, going this summer when COVID actually happened, I would work out probably four days a week. You know, senior year was going to be the year to show out my talent. I know junior year is supposed to be the talent or time to basically get all eyes on you for next year, but... For senior year, that was my year to, you know, just show what I've really been working for my whole life. And, you know, with COVID hitting, it really was a bummer, but I kind of used that as positive energy to uh, boost myself, get in the gym, get bigger, stronger, faster. I gained 25 pounds of muscle over the summer. But, yeah, with the shortened season of basketball and then being told that in a week week advance that we're going to be playing next week, it definitely hit us in a different way. For basketball, you were named to the All-State team, correct? Correct. That had to be an awesome honor. You were talking about how you looked at the senior year, and this was your year to prove it. And being named to the IBCA and Associated Press team, that had to be a great feeling. Yeah, it's an awesome feeling. I've been on that list for three years straight. Uh, You know, that was one of my goals coming into high school is to break records, of course, but to always get recognized around the state of Illinois or around the area of Illinois for basketball, football, and baseball. Playing basketball ever since I was little, uh, I've always worked at my game, whether that be inside the house shooting uh, hoops in a basket full of clothes or outside dribbling the basketball, doing handles, stuff like that. So, you know, it really is an awesome feeling showing, like, how all your hard work has really paid off, and you, you can show that through, you know, Weathersfield basketball. So I have spoke with Mike Parsons, who is from Kiwani. Obviously, his dad, Jeff Parsons, being the basketball coach with Weathersfield. For basketball and baseball, is it split up where it's Anawan and Weathersfield? Correct. Basketball, basketball is split up where it's Weathersfield and Anawan, and then baseball is a co-op. Same thing like football. Gotcha. So, for your sports, basketball is the only one where it's Weathersfield and Anawan not together. Correct. Perfect. Is it weird when you play the other sports, football and baseball, playing with these guys that you played against on the basketball court? I feel like it's, you know, great for us. Just it expresses our, you know, competitiveness against each other. Julian Samuels as an example. We go from last year into the football season, me and him have a duo I throw him a ton of touchdowns. Uh, He racks me up a whole bunch of yards, and then it's right on the basketball court. We're head-to-head against each other, and we're going at it, talking to each other. You know, it's just showing your bond that you've made over the course of the football season and how that goes into basketball season, and you you two are going against each other. It kind of makes our bond as Anwan Weathersfield better, more competitive. It makes us, you know, want to be the best. And I think 
what both communities have done with the co-op and, you know, basketball singling up by themselves. I think it's a great thing for us just to show off our, you know, our relationship during the game, uh, you know, patting each other on the back, picking each other up on the court, just expressing how we feel against or towards each other in that sort of a way. What was it about this basketball season? I mean, we mentioned shortened, condensed. You just love playing and being around your teammates. But you also want to play the best basketball that you can without having a state tournament, without having any playoffs. It was kind of just conference title, and that was all you were playing for. How did you and the guys bond together and still share that love of basketball, knowing that, you know, the rewards aren't what they usually are? We kind of got together at the beginning of the season, and... We knew that there wasn't going to be a state, there wasn't going to be playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, we kind of just made goals and set goals as the as the season went on. Some of that was to, you know, win the conference, check off the box. Uh, so, my sophomore year, we used to have boxes on the on the board, the whiteboard, and we check off boxes as the season goes by. And we basically did the same thing our senior year, especially knowing that we didn't have playoffs. So, one of the boxes was uh, to win conference and check that box off and then another goal was to you know never lose a game on our new court uh at home and that that was a box that was checked off and you know just just being able to be with each other during this time and being able to get our last games on the court together and after we thought that it would never happen again really made us come together and you know just buy in and have fun uh that was the main goal is having fun knowing a lot of us isn't going to go to college and play basketball after and you know, just cherishing the moments while while we have them, because you never knew when our season was going to be taken away from us, whether a kid on the other team came up with COVID and, you know, shut us down for two weeks. But, yeah, it, it was a right to success. Uh, you know, finishing the season 15-1, and one, losing to a great United team. They came out and played pretty well. And, you know, I think we left everything we did on the court. And nothing, nothing in my mind changes or wants me to change uh, the way that we played. We relied on each other. We had positive vibes always. We would get on Coach P and Tyler for uh, taking this, not taking this out too early of the game, but, you know, just, just the plays that we run. We always listened to them. They did great coaching. Uh, we wouldn't have been where we were without them. And, you know, just the way that we handled the season, I thought we did an exceptional job. Definitely, definitely. I agree with you, sir. I agree. You mentioned playing on the new court. What did it mean to you to be part of the first team to be able to use the new facility and enjoy it? Man, words can't express how I feel. Uh, you know, I've played on the old court since my freshman all the way to my uh, senior year, whether that be at lunch playing basketball or, you know, during games or whatever it was. But, you know, getting the new court, uh, our community, our Weathersfield district does a great job with how they, you know, go upon things and, we just got a new scoreboard for our football field and play clocks and everything. And the way that they, they use their money and the way that they do things around here, you couldn't ask for a better community to be in. Man, the basketball court turned out exceptional. I couldn't believe what it was going to be like. And, you know, Coach Parsons showed us a picture preview of what it was going to look like, uh, I'm going to say, a month, month beforehand. And after it finally turned out, it kind of made our eyes glow up, like, wow, this court's really cool. Uh, let's make a goal to never lose on it. I mean, we only get 15, 16 games. Might as well be the only team that's never lost on it in a single season. So, And, and we checked that box off, and 
I couldn't be more proud of them, my guys. That's awesome. So you win the Lincoln Trail Conference in basketball. We go to football, and you guys do it again. I think you finished five and one and had an amazing season. You know, you couldn't ask for a better group. Uh, you couldn't ask for better leaders and basically in our district. You know, our coaching staff does an amazing job of setting things up the way that it needed to be. We're a super competitive group. We've been a super competitive group since fifth grade, fourth grade year. Video games is always the biggest thing, and then it excelled into, you know, school ball, uh, playing against each other in school ball. We never wanted to lose. Uh, we hated losing, and, you know, we just rallied that up, tallied that up all the way till our high school career, and it, we've been able to watch some crazy, amazing groups go through Weathersfield, and we kind of just, you know, sat there and was like, wow, we want to be a part of these groups. We want to be that group that little kids look up to and are like, we want to be a part of that as well. You know, some of those groups was the back-to-back semifinal run for the Anawan Weathersfield Titans football team, and uh, we were in junior high during that. And then the other times, you know, watching Nathan Kohler, Trevor Lay tear it up on the basketball court and watching them, watching Trevor Lay go to the Sweet 16 and everything like that. So we just kind of were in awe and shock for a minute just just to think and to go back through our whole high school career. We, we made a big impact on, you know, this community, and we feel like, uh, going forward, there's going to be many more opportunities for young kids to, you know, beat those opportunities that we had. And I couldn't be prouder to be in a better community. Definitely. Refresh my memory. Where did Trevor Lay go play at after Inouye? Oh, man. I'm sorry. Uh, after Weathersfield. After Inouye yeah, Weathersfield. All right. I think he went to go play at Carl Sandburg for basketball. And then that didn't work out. So now he's a golf coach in Tennessee. He's an assistant golf coach in Tennessee. He's pretty good at everything he did, really. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember the name. He was a name that came up quite often when you were talking about Anwan Weathersfield sports. Yep, for sure. He's definitely a big impact on our sports. And he's a great guy. And he'll come back during like some of our basketball games and just help us out a little bit and give us critiquing moments and what he did and that made his game so much better and everything like that. Let's talk about you as a quarterback. I mean, you had games where you scored six touchdowns. You had games where you just went berserk on the football field. I know you like playing with the teammates you had, and that will always you know, result in awesome performances. But what else was it about football this year, knowing that you had only six games to play and you went out and did your thing every single game? Just leaving it all out on the field. Um, I started my freshman year. You know, Zach Vidalbdorf got hurt midway through the season, so it was time for me to cure up, step in, and you know, quite honest, I don't know if I was I was ready for those shoes. You've heard uh, Coach Willis talk a little bit. He just relied on my athleticism and things like that just to make plays. And I'm gonna be honest, I was I was petrified at first. You know, going against 300 pound kids, and I'm only weighing 140 pounds. <laughs> I get hit and. You know, something breaks in my body or whatever. But uh, after after a couple games, I thought I was right for the job, you know. Uh, just getting that extra competitiveness with those three-year older guys and being able to be in, you know, this program and A-Dub football history, just to be able to go through it as, at a young age, kind of, you know, prepared me for my junior, senior year when we, you know, junior year we went to the semifinals. We played against, you know, some crazy, crazy teams and, you know, just, just leading us in the right direction. Uh, like I said, for the offensive side for quarterback, I wouldn't be where I'm at with uh, Coach Willis. Man, that guy is incredible. You know, the things that he plans for us to obtain and, you know, 
succeed from and the things that, you know, we talk about on and off the field kind of just makes our bond so much better. And he's a great leader. He's, we follow him. We'll follow him no matter where, where we go. He makes us feel so much better about ourselves going into football games and, you know, game-like situations and things like that. But him coaching on the sideline is probably the best, one of, the, one of my favorite coaches ever, to be honest. He's guided me through so much. He grabbed me underneath his wing uh, when I was a freshman going into the varsity game just to start off and, you know, led all the way to my senior year making plays. And, yeah, I give props all to him. I like the shout-outs. Shout-outs are always recommended on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You know, to put some spotlight on the guys behind the scenes that deserve it as well. As a player, as a coach, journalist, all these things I have learned, and, you know, everybody that's been part of athletics throughout their life can tell you, you know, the losses at the end of the day are more memorable than the wins, especially if you're a winning program. You guys finish 5-1 and one on the football field. I know that loss... It's kind of stuck with you a little bit because you wanted to be undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Going to Ridgewood, they're definitely one of our rivals. You know, we've been head-to-head since I couldn't remember. We've always been going at it. You know, it was always a thing going off and on with them. And, you know, whether that was in basketball, led right into football, or football led right into basketball, then, you know, goes transitions right into baseball. Uh, definitely going over to Ridgewood, getting beat that bad hurt us a lot. To be honest, we don't know what really happened that game. We were just completely off. Uh, give props to you know Ridgewood for playing an exceptional game. Uh, they had some great plays. Uh, they made the right the right moves at the right times, and we weren't ready for it. And but you know, like you said, losing probably makes us better. You know, playing a five and zero principal team that we thought was probably one of the best in the area just going out and just showing out the way we did kind of made us feel so much better about ourselves knowing that we played Anwan Mothersfield Titans football and that's how it's supposed to be played and you know with the six game schedule we had to do what we had to do to allow and to teach the younger groups the younger class so the freshman sophomore junior what Anwan Mothersfield football is all about I feel terrible for you know the freshman class as they come in not be able to experience the playoff sessions and you know for for all three sports so i guess baseball we have playoffs but for football and basketball especially that's what our community you know builds their motivation off of you know you see you walk around town and you see animal Wellsfield titan posters set up east basketball posters set up everything and you know I, I feel terrible for them but hopefully we gave them a good chip on their shoulder to you know keep this tradition going as long as they can and you know, just being able to just to compete and play exceptional like they always have. I've heard great things about them, and I'm sure that you know our coaching staff will guide them in the right direction. And I can't, I can't wait to watch them. I like your your modesty, your honesty, and your team first demeanor. Like that's really cool to see in you know an athlete who can be or is the star of the show and you're like hey I'm only as good as the people around me that's really cool to see and to hear from a senior in high school yeah for sure you know kind of the young age I was you know taught to be the best and you know my dad and my mom would always preach to me to be the best you got to work as hard as you ever can and I think what separates me from a lot of people is at a young age, I really bought into that. You know, I really watched Trevor Lay. You know, I love watching, going to the basketball games and been like, oh, Trevor Lay did this, Trevor Lay did that. What I really brought from that is the leadership he took on 
in that role at a young age. Like, he guided his team to a Sweet 16. Coach B always preaches and uh, tells us still, Trevor Lay's group wanted them to put the ball in Trevor Lay's hand. Like, every time Trevor was open, giving him the ball, he'll make the right play, you know, whether that's, you know, going to score a layup, shooting a three, or dishing it off at the right time. So I really, you know, divided my game off of him and Nathan Kohler, and that really started me. Coming into my high school career, I was going to play football, but I didn't honestly think football highly as as of what I do now, especially when Will told me that I had a chance to be a varsity quarterback at a young age. I was like, wow, that really hit me. Because I've never really worked on football like I have baseball and basketball. I've been playing this since I was four years old and things like that. But just being able to do that and, you know, just take the right steps to success and everything like that. But, you know, like I said, my parents taught me at a young age to always respect the others. And, you know, it's always it, there's no I in team. And, you know, that was a big thing that's always preached to me. And just being able to get everyone action and get everyone to score a bucket or, you know, score a touchdown or whatever it is that we got to do and still win is what makes me happy. And, you know, I couldn't ask for a better squad behind my back. And they got my back. I got their back. We've been together for so long. And uh, like I said, I love them to death. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Now we're in baseball season getting to play some spring. It's going to be summer ball real fast, especially how Illinois weather works. But now we're on the baseball field, and, you know, this is the last go for you. It's your senior year, last sport, and we're here. What are your thoughts going into the season? I know you're about a week, week and a half in. What are your thoughts going on around baseball? I mean, I've been playing this since I was a young youngster, man. It's been a while, and, you know, with last year not being able to play, kind of, like I said, just leave everything out on the field. You know, show everyone what you've got. Show everyone what your team has. And, man, baseball is a mental game. You know, you get down on yourself, uh, bad things will happen. So relying on each other, being there, and, uh, you know, just playing playing the way you do, and everything will work out the way you want it to work out. And I've worked out so hard for this opportunity. It's it, Stinks that I've been banged up recently. Uh, just this last Saturday, I dove on a ball and I hurt my thigh quite bad. And uh, my thigh is pretty swollen from my groin to my knee, so I'm going to have to sit out a couple games. But other than that, you know, just being able to be healthy and get back on the field and be able to, you know, make plays, make the routine plays and, you know, hit the ball pretty hard. And it's our last thing that I'll ever do in my high school career. So, you know, like I said, just make the most out of it make some memories with the teammates and, and support everyone. What positions do you play on the baseball field? So for Anawan Mothersfield Titans, I play shortstop and pitcher, but in reality, I, I could anywhere in the field except catcher. I, I, I couldn't go through what the catchers go through with their knees and everything. <laughs> I was watching, was it the Cubs and Reds last week? Yeah, I was watching, yep. watching the Cubs and Reds with my cousin, and... Watching the catcher, what he's doing, I'm like, there is absolutely no way that I could have done that now, more right. or less when I was 15 or 10 or 20. Like, no way, right. no way ever could my knees bend like that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one thing I've always did. I've, I've tried catcher at a young age, and, you know, just being able to squat that much and hold your stance for that long, man, there's no way. I, there's no way. Yeah, that takes a special kind of athlete. Who is your catcher for the Titans? So my catcher is Eli Merrick. We have three different catchers. Uh, Mason Heisler, Aiden, 
he's a sophomore. We got two sophomore catchers and a senior catcher, and one of our other catchers is banged up. He's a freshman. He's pretty solid. And but my main one is Eli Merrick, and he's played in the same organization as I have, the Quad City Hitmen. Give them a shout out, and he's just a great kid, and he'd do anything for you. Any goals or, you know, we were talking about checking off boxes. What are some of those boxes that you want to check off this baseball season? Uh, some of those boxes are obviously to win conference, go a long ways in the postseason. Because there is a postseason, fun. which is awesome. Yeah, no, I, I can't believe it. it it's crazy how if we're going to get back right back into that tradition of having a postseason. It's been a year, and... Man, I'm going to have those jitters, like always, before our postseason game, like everyone does. But, you know, just having fun, uh, relying on each other, making the most out of everything. And, yeah, that's I'd say that's about it. Well, every guest on Edge of Your Seat podcast, I make you play a game. I don't, like, tie your hands behind your back or, like, you know, threaten you with anything. But, you know, it's fun, right? we got to play a game on Edge of Your Seat podcast. <laughs> Let's play Hot Potato. I'll throw you two things, whether it be items or people, places, whatever, and you pick which one you like the best. For sure. Sounds great. Can't wait. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was trying my best not to threaten you. I don't want to threaten you about a game, man. I promise. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Especially you put on the gloves. You can knock me out easily. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off with LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Oh, my goodness. This is such a tough one. And what's funny about this is that my friends and I have talked about this so many times, and we get in so many arguments. But, I mean, I live in an era that revolves around LeBron James. I love LeBron James to death, but I cannot stop watching Michael Jordan highlights on YouTube and everything and the stuff he did. So I'm going with Michael Jordan. Good answer, good answer, sir. Good answer. <laughs> we talked a lot about Rocky. Let's do some real boxers. Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to take Muhammad Ali. He's the greatest. He's the one that started it all. Um, another one that I like is Mike Tyson, but like I said, Muhammad Ali started it all. I don't even know. Muhammad Ali for sure, though. That was my next one. Ali or Mike Tyson? You got to give me an answer. Oh, like I said, I'm taking Ali. I'm taking Ali over anyone. Uh, you can see in Mike Tyson's videos all like him going up to Muhammad Ali and basically stating that Muhammad Ali is the best. And I know you got to do that to, you know, show everyone, you know, you're you're not trying to beat the, the old guy out. But Muhammad Ali, his feet move too fast. He's too big. Man, I, I couldn't imagine going against him or Mike Tyson, both of them. Man, Mike Tyson's knockout power, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. They're crazy. Even at 52 years old, I would not fight Mike Tyson oh right now. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't either. There's no way. Did you see the fight against Roy Jones Jr.? I did. That was nuts. That was that was incredible. To be able to watch Mike Tyson fight in my life is probably a dream of mine. How do you like your eggs? Scrambled over easy? Scrambled. Bacon or ham next to the eggs? Oh, easily bacon. Bacon, easy. Since we're making a full breakfast right here, on your toast, strawberry or grape jelly? Oh, man. I'm going strawberry. Every time I'm at school, we have strawberry or grape jelly or even peanut butter, and I, I put some strawberry, strawberry on there. Are you drinking apple juice or orange juice? 
Apple juice, without a doubt. We're in the Chicago area. It's baseball season. Cubs or White Sox? Oh, man. That's an easy one. Cubbies all the way. Gotta go with the Cubs. Since you're a Cubbies fan, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Wow. Jeez. I don't even know what I would do. I think I'm going to go with Chris Bryant just because he plays everywhere. I remember my dad talking about him coming up and playing, and, you know, I watched his first game, and it was just it was awesome just to watch. So I'm, I'm definitely going Chris Bryant. You say he plays everywhere. He was in right field against the Reds. Like, he's in right now? I know. He plays, he, he plays legit anywhere. <laughs> so crazy, so crazy. And just because... It's like vacation time. A lot of people taking different vacations. If you were going on a vacation tomorrow, would you rather be in the mountains or by the ocean? By the ocean. Last year, our Florida trip got canceled, so definitely miss being by the beach, being by the ocean, getting sunburned every once in a while. So, yeah, definitely the ocean. I'm leaving for Charlotte, North Carolina on Sunday. I'm staying a week out there. Hopefully, I come back really, really red and roasted. That's what I want to do. Right? Heck yeah. <laughs> well, Colton Quagliano. Is that how you say it? The Italian way? Quagliano, yep. Quagliano. 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 Either one. I love name. your name. I'm, can I legally change my name to your name? <laughs> For sure. Anything you want. <laughs> I'll keep the Brandon, but I, I'm going to change the last name. Oh, yeah. Or we can, you know, swap it out. I got La Chance. You know, that's pretty French. You can have the French La Chance. <laughs> no, I'm good with the Italian background. I love it. <laughs> perfect, man. Perfect. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This has been a blast going through your sports, your senior year. Glad you had a senior campaign to show what you can do, and you did exactly that. Thank you for sharing that with us on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Thank you.